0: So yeah, that was what two months ago. Two months ago.
1: So yeah. you fly out, you land, yeah. you get there, talk us through it, then talk us through from when you when you get there, what happens. You know, do you, yeah. is, it, is it three days? You know, sort of. Yeah. So you you, again? you
0: check in at the at the reception. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's in Guanacaste, which is northwest Costa Rica. Was it Rhythmia
1: again? You I went to Rhythmia. To Rhythmia. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, which you know having been there twice it's the only place I would ever go it looks lovely it, it really is yeah, it I met cool. a guy two weeks ago uh, in Barnsley uh, don't ask me how I met him because it's really not interesting but it'll sound it'll sound interesting but he's not he's a drug dealer right, right? and um, <laughs> I, I I was talking to this fella, and this fella
1: can I, can I ask whereabouts you met him whereabouts in Barnsley
0: I was, I was in somebody's business and right. this guy turned up to borrow something and he went Tony he says you've just been to Peru and done ayahuasca haven't you and this guy went yeah yeah fucking yeah, yeah. and he went oh Dave said, my mate Dave's uh, been a couple of times he's just got back so that was it a conversation yeah. ensued this guy had been into the jungle and done it down and dirty, dirty you yeah. know um, the toilet was a hole in the ground they brewed their own ayahuasca yeah. they went and picked it yeah. chopped the bark off the tree picked their own leaves brewed it drank it Slept in a hammock, you know. It was, yeah. it was rough. They got washed in a river, and he'd it, been there um, in the last, well, the last month. Yes, yeah. four or five weeks. I met him a couple of weeks ago, and we had this conversation. And I started showing him some pictures of my resort, yeah. my ceremony yeah. room, the clean beds, the white linen, and and it, honestly, he showed me pictures on his phone. And I just thought, wow, well, I've, I've done it right.
1: Yeah.
0: And his education uh, was so different. He was told what to experience, and it was told about the feminine energy and to talk yeah. to it and to have dialogue with it. But it was also told that sometimes it'll get very dark, and that the devil will or the dark side will arrive and make these offerings. You know, so if you're trying to quit smoking or quit drugs, mm. or she'll entice you with.
1: Cigarettes and alcohol, and she'll tease you. And A bit like when Jesus was, I'm well, not very religious, but wasn't he tempted by the devil at some point? Going back, Having know, never, never read the Bible, sure I don't was. know. I'm sure he, was, yeah. I actually he was. I know he was. I know he was. Yeah. But I'll look into so that. So I can, I can kind of
0: understand it, but it wasn't the education I'd had. Hmm. And I was just taught not to fear anything, and that if we, if we believe in heaven and hell and devils and gods, then hmm. they're, they're actually true if we think they're true. Yeah, yeah. They're in the mind. Um, I don't mean that to be uh, discourteous to anybody, but we can create our own dark side yeah, yeah. by the way that we think. So if you think that what you've been shown in a ayahuasca ceremony is from the dark side, from the devil, then it probably mm. will feel that mm. way. and could be terrifying. Uh, but we were taught she won't show you or do anything mm. that you can't handle. It's all there for a all purpose. positive. Yeah, it's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a journey that you need mm. to go on. So, um, so our, our conversation was really interesting. There was some contrast. But ultimately, this guy, uh, lovely mm. lad, mm. Had, in his 30s, I'd say, you know, a very successful drug dealer, apparently, had um, given up red meat. He'd yeah. uh, lost... I think he said a stone or a stone, twenty pounds in weight. Yep. So it's over a stone. Um, he'd given up cigarettes. Not had another cigarette since he got home. And alcohol. He got no interest in it. You know. It, it reeled off about four or five things, and I thought, well, if you've given up all those mm. in less than two weeks, then brilliant. But. I reckon there's going to be some challenges there, mm. fella. Because in my, in my experience, and I've spent hundreds of hours studying ayahuasca, and still I still regularly watch mm. ayahuasca videos on YouTube, and I'm on various podcasts and mm. things that talk about it. So uh, he's, he's gone a bit literal. He's probably tried to change yeah. himself from something he wants to get away from to something that's going to be tough to sustain, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so I, I don't give advice easily or willingly unless mm. I'm asked, but I did say to him, just go easy on yourself, yeah, yeah. you know, you're making a lot of big yeah. decisions yeah. there, and don't worry, don't beat yourself up if you fancy a steak, yeah, doing a or if occasionally you want a beer, or, you know, a, making a, a
1: lot of big changes yeah. in a small yeah. window,
0: yeah. it's tough, you know, so I said, don't worry if you, if you do break some of these habits. But it was, it was brilliant because it just reaffirmed to me that where I was going yeah. to do my journey yeah. was if you can afford it. It's yeah. such a beautiful, yeah, loving, yeah. safe environment. Yeah. Um, he, he told me one story, which I'll share with you. I, I, my mouth was open when I was talking mm-hmm. to this lad. And he said, did you drink the, the, the milk, the white milk? So I said, no. I says, we do some things like rapé, which is tobacco and spices blown up your nose through a pipe. I said you do that to open your pineal gland if you if you want to do it. So there's some some other wacky stuff that we do, and I've got
1: that upstairs as well if you want to try. So it you, that, that, <laughs> is that, is that prior to the? Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, God. yeah. So uh, I said you know we do all that, and he's familiar with it. Mm. Uh, but he said this milk was given to him by the tribesmen, um, and he said uh, it's a glass of milk, but he says it's putrid. It's yeah. just, it's disgusting. Sour sour white milk. And he says, we all drank this cup of milk. And then the guy, the shaman, looked at the guy's a North American uh hippie hmm. who's gone into the jungle, made it his home, and does ayahuasca hmm. journeys, predominantly for North Americans, but obviously everybody's welcome. This guy just looks like an old hippie. And uh, so he's not he's not an Amazonian, no, he's not from any yeah. tribe, he's yeah. a he's a he's a new is yeah. a new uh is a new tribe warrior. And he's it got this really successful business in the middle of Peru. Everybody goes, uh, and he, he, does, he does ceremonies for eight people at a time, in this hut. And he basically, he watched these eight people uh, drink this sour milk, and then he went, brilliant. And now, unless you drink at least seven liters of water in the next four hours, you will die. What you've dr- drunk is highly toxic. It will purge you. You are going to be sick. You're going to have horrible diarrhea. But that's the point. He says, I need to cleanse you before tomorrow's ceremony. He says, so you're going to vomit. You're going to have the shits. There's the hole in the ground. But unless you drink at least seven liters of water this afternoon, it'll kill you. And he walked off. Now, let's assume that's true. Yeah. Right. This guy's telling me that I just went, what? Why would anybody do that yeah. to you? You know what? what where, there's ego in there. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like, that's not how to treat people uh, who have just come halfway across yeah, the exactly. world. Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's if, if you need to drink this stuff to purge, and he believes that it's important to purge before you take ayahuasca, great. At least give them the option. Just tell them. because you know, yeah, ayahuasca will purge you anyway. Yeah. I'll tell you now, it will. Um, but I just thought that there was some the some ego in that. Yeah, you know? I like that. No. If it's true, but you know, this this guy was fearful but also smiling when he told that story. You know, because he he drank something that was going to kill yeah. him unless he drank fourteen yeah. glasses of water. Suddenly, so anyway, you know, I just thought, well, we, we've definitely done been it to right very way. different yeah, yeah, that's, places. That's,
1: I, I yeah. couldn't if, if I was going to do that, and it's you know, yeah, it's out of my comfort zone yeah. totally. I could not. Do it like that, down and dirty, you know. No, no I no. actually assumed I would need when, to feel safe. Yeah, when it was on my
0: list of things to do for years, I assumed that's where I was going. Mm. Yeah, because there were the videos I'd yeah, seen on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, But if you check out Rhythmia, yeah. you know, it's it's it's. it's
1: well, I've looked. It's it's five stars. Yeah, it's, it's really lovely, nice. isn't it? Yeah, it looks like it looks like somewhere in Bali sometime. Yeah. You know, when you when you no, like looked that. it, yeah.
0: So we arrived. Um, there's a massive itinerary. There's life coaching, there's colonic cleanses, there's yoga classes, um, there's relaxation time, there's meditation classes, there's breath work classes where you do this transformational breathing for 45 minutes. And, and last time I went a couple of years ago, it was like a school mm, timetable. Really I hated it. I hated it. Um, Jackie and I really fell out, but I, I just went, you do it. I'm, mm. I'm not here for this shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a real issue with it. This time I just immersed myself yeah. in it. I knew it was coming and I knew it was all for the greater good. So the first night of Ayahuasca, I mean, all the nerves are there. You know, you're really nervous. Uh, but... What, what, are you, what are you thinking, you know, on the night of it? Well, I was thinking, I'm going to be sick. Mm. Um, why am I doing it? Am I really paying for this? I'm about to get drunk mm. and have hallucinations for possibly eight hours mm. I'm going to be a all night mm. I'm going to be exhausted tomorrow probably going to feel a bit ill tomorrow uh, I hope I don't shit myself which is a, a real western fear that comes from your parents you know you shit yourself it's pretty embarrassing they they don't worry about yeah. it they see yeah. it as good yeah. they just think great you yeah. need to get rid yeah. of that yeah. and to be honest after two nights of shitting and puking with 82 people um, You've not you, do, died, have you you? do congratulate each other. Yeah. Wow, you were going through it. You were puking. Well done. That was, you know, and honestly, when somebody's in the toilet, sometimes you can hear it. Depends where you are. When somebody's in the toilet, going through it at both ends, oh. you smile, and it sounds weird. But yeah. you smile and you think, "Oh, I'm so pleased they're getting cleansed. Yeah. They're getting some healing." So it's positive. Well, yeah. well, they they just say what's coming is going, yeah. Yeah. and what's coming out of them mm. is horrible and anybody who's been really sick and really purged uh, will say it was so nasty it was mm. so toxic it was so disgusting I'm so grateful to get yeah. rid of it yeah. um, it's bizarre and it's disgusting to us as westerners but they do teach you to look at it before you flush it or wash it away look at it and ask what it was and honestly the information you get is just ridiculous ridiculous
1: what from the Japan?
0: yeah Sometimes it turns into a snake. Uh,
1: some, is she, is she a snake.
0: Yeah. Sometimes, um, sometimes you just get a download. You're looking at it, and she tells you where it came from. It might not be your crap. It might be somebody else's that you've picked up along your journey through life.
1: Right.
0: Um, it could be something that's been trapped in your intestine for twenty, thirty, forty years. Right. In my case, yeah, it can be. Everything, everything that you expel in these ceremonies has got an emotional attachment. Right. So every, everything, every, in their education, every illness that we pick up mm. has got an emotional attachment. Right. So if you are, if you are in tip-top form and you're, you're the person who walks into a room and lights it up and your aura and your mm. energy is so yeah. light... And you are so loving and so non judgmental. You know, just you are the walking epitome of what it is to be in flow, yeah. right? Life is just so good. You can't do anything but smile. Yeah. And you are that person that every fucker hates <laughs> you just yeah. seem so happy yeah, all yeah, the time, yeah. right? When, when you see that person, which is quite, it's too rare, isn't it? Yeah. But when you do meet them, um, they are the people that don't have significant emotional baggage. They're the people who don't catch common colds. They're the people who, you can't imagine them getting a horrible cancer yeah. or yeah. You know, some, yeah, yeah. some debilitating yeah. disease because yeah. they're just too clean and healthy. Yeah. Well, we can all achieve that. Hmm. It is achievable and it's achievable by having a healthy mind hmm. and a healthy outlook and a non-judgmental, non-critical, non-toxic mentality. Because all illness um, is bred within us in acidic environment. Mm. So if you eat, if you eat shit food, yeah. If you take in alcohol, if you just don't look after your body, mm. then at some point your body's just going to say, okay, I yeah, you, you know, I've been mistreated. Yeah, feel I'll,
1: like a cat. I'll,
0: I'll, absolutely. Yeah. If you don't change the oil or the oil yeah, filter or put yeah. good quality yeah. petrol in it, you know, it's going to break down at some point. You but, are what you eat. That's you really yeah. are, and you are how you think. Yeah. Yes. Like who yeah. You yeah. Think, yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all this purging that you do is getting rid of emotional stuff that you've got, yeah. and you you do feel that you feel afterwards this immense
1: gratitude for that bucket of puke. Is this the day after or after At the you time? Puke? At the time, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you know how when you feel sick and the nausea. Yeah. Oh. Just horrendous, mm. like car sickness or travel sickness, or just you're generally ill, and then eventually you throw up, mm. uh, and then the feeling afterwards—ah,
1: oh, God, that's so good to get out. Do you remember that? You know, I get no, because I—I I don't want to like touch wood and, and you know sort of bring yeah, yeah. something on. But I am—and you should never say this—I'm I'm very rarely ill. I can't remember okay. the last time Bill. No. I can't remember the last time I was sick. Okay, you know, literally so. It's like when... when um, Are you
0: okay with being sick? How do you feel if I say you're going to throw up in the next hour? Does it bother you?
1: I don't, I don't know because I don't really know what it feels like. Right. I can't remember. So you don't yeah. vomit? No. I, okay. I remember like when, when, I've, when I see people go, oh, I'm so hungover, I've been throwing up all day. Mm. And I say, if I got like that, I wouldn't drink. You know, yeah. I, I, I went out yeah. a couple of weeks ago and I think for the first time in my life I had a bit of a hangover yeah. where I felt a bit dizzy, really bad headache. First time for 40, well, been drinking what 20 or 30 years maybe first time ever had a hangover and i thought if i know people that feel like that for days and i did for maybe three or four hours i thought i wouldn't drink and if it made me throw up i certainly wouldn't drink so i don't know what it's like to have that yeah Yeah. you know
0: so when when we when we abuse our bodies in in any way drinking Mm. is just one of various methods that we abuse ourselves if your body is sick Mm. it's because your body is Saying that yeah. I've got to yeah. reject this, yeah, this is not good it. for me, so I'm yeah. getting rid of it. So if you're if you if you consume the same thing hmm. as someone else and one person's sick and you're not, yeah. doesn't make you better, no. doesn't make you more arduous to it, hmm. it actually means that your body can take that.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, you've got to try a little bit harder to yes. make me reject yeah. it. And What I would say to you is, and this is partly intuition, partly education, I would say the fact that you can't remember the last time you were sick, or you don't get sick, is actually not a positive thing. No. It's not a positive thing, because you are walking around with toxins in your body, as we all are. Yeah, yeah. And when you're sick, whether it's, you know, through vomiting or diarrhoea, or crying, or yawning, or screaming, these are all purges. Yeah. Um... When you're doing that, you're getting rid of stuff yeah. that your body needs to get rid of. So if you're not somebody who ever cries, you're not somebody who ever vomits, don't, don't celebrate that. No, no, you know, Because no. we're taught not to fucking cry in this yeah. world.
1: Yeah, yeah. We all do
0: it. My parents used to stop me crying as soon as I started crying. Yeah. Don't cry, it's okay, come here, let me make it better, let me yeah. rub it. No, stop crying. Honestly, you can, you can see it in children now. When the parents giving them a cuddle or telling them to come mm. on, stand up, dust yourself mm. off, stop crying. You can see the child locking it down. <laughs> you know, bottom, lip, bottom lip quivers and they yeah. start locking down that emotion. Yeah. Let them cry. Why are they crying? Because it's humid. Yeah. It's what we do. It's how we express the pain and the fear that we've got. And As soon as you lock it down, eventually mm. you know you've done a really good job of locking that child down when all of a sudden they stop crying. Can't,
1: can't, when the same thing
0: happens and they don't cry anymore
1: can crying be negative then is there a negative could you ever think of a negative time where you know where they cry like because just as an example I coach my son's football team mm. so there's a couple of kids that you know, or a few of them you know they're, they're 7, 8 so when they fall down they're not hurt but they'll cry and so we'll try and sort of suppress that crying why 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 would something that is natural yeah.
0: you know we have tear ducts mm. they're there yeah. for a reason mm. right um, and when tears start pouring out of your mm. eyes and they start streaming down your cheeks, it's a visual signal to other people that you are distressed. Mm. I'm upset, mm. I've got something going on. I might need help, I might need some love. Mm. I'm terrified, I'm scared. Mm. Yet, and I'm generalizing.
1: Yeah.
0: We try and stop, oh don't cry, don't cry. Come on, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. We do that instantly. Yeah. Other people get embarrassed because you're crying. Mm. You get embarrassed because you're the only one crying. So you start to lock it down. And we just don't accept people doing this absolutely hundred percent natural thing. Yeah. So how can crying be negative when you can cry from pain and you can cry from happiness? Mm. Yeah, you can cry tears of joy, can't you? Yeah, you? yeah, yeah, Cry on your wedding day. Cry at a funeral. Yeah. Still crying. Yeah. It's a way of expressing mm. emotion. It's a mm. totally natural mm. thing to do. And we've made it unnatural. So don't suppress people's need to express their emotions. When people cry, cry in our yoga studio, yeah. and sometimes it's spontaneous, sometimes mm. it's after, after a yoga practice, and they sit on the mat and tears just come. <clears> First thing they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know yeah. where that came from. I'm
1: sorry, I don't know where that came from. And we go, it's absolutely fine. That's a safe, that, that shows that's a safe space. It's there, a safe space, it?
0: and it shocks them never, ever us. us. Yeah. We love it yeah. when they sit there and they cry, because yeah. that tells us that we've created an environment where you're safe and you can cry. And, and Jackie and I now will give them the space that they need or give them the hug that they need, whatever, whatever they need, mm. they get. Yeah. and sometimes you have to tell them how to be because mm. they're so shocked and we just say stay on your map just yeah. stay there for as long as it yeah, takes yeah. I'm going to leave you alone for te- I'm going to bring you a drink mm. I'm going to bring you some water or tea or whatever just take some time or we might say do you fancy a hug? Mm. and we just give them a hug and we might hold them for <laughs> yeah. 10 seconds yeah, yeah. Yeah. now when you hug somebody most hugs last a second if not less especially if you're a fella yeah. <coughs> yeah, yeah. there's a little hug right our hooks are big, they're intense, and they're long, I and mean, yeah. you can feel people getting awkward, and we just hang on and yeah. hang on. And I mean, sometimes we're whispering their ear and go, "Just hang on, just yeah. relax. Yeah. You're safe here." And until they, uh, yeah. until yeah, they relax yeah. and then the tears come again. Yeah, yeah. Because we know what's coming is going. Yeah. This needs to come out, and if you don't understand it, great, because that will come at some yeah. point. Yeah, you will understand it at some point.
1: And as, as all this, you know, knowledge, do you attribute that to? Oscar? Partly, mm. you know,
0: Jackie and I are on on a constant journey of coaching and learning, and we surround ourselves with really uh, well. Some of them are downright weird, but we mm. like weird. Mm. So, some really spiritual shamanic people, mm. um, some people who have experienced amazing trauma and. Uh, have got amazing stories Mm. we love listening to Mm. their stories and some of them are horrific but as a result they're just such interesting people um we we watch things that educate us we read things constantly that keep the knowledge going Mm. forward yeah you know sharpen the saw yeah so we're involved in it every day Uh, and experience is everything experience matters Mm. so so having a yoga studio, which we've only had for six or seven months, I think I declared to you earlier, there's, there's 60, 70 people a week mm. coming through. There's new faces every week coming in here. It, it makes Jackie and I look at each other and smile because there's some really interesting people yeah. arriving here.
1: Yeah, And they're learning, aren't they, these
0: people? They're just here for a reason. And it becomes evident at some point why they were called here. Evident to them? Both. Yeah. You know, We don't know why they're here, no. but it soon reveals itself. No. In, in Ayahuasca and the last journey, on one of the nights, I, I was shown our yoga studio in this visual.
1: Did you have the yoga studio at that point? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think we opened it in early summer 2019, so here we are in January.
1: Also My, my the, Ayahuasca
0: journey was in November, uh, December.
1: Right, oh, sorry, so your second journey it came Second journey, Right, yeah. sorry, yeah, right.
0: So I think it was third night. It's irrelevant when it was, but I was shown our yoga studio, uh, and I must remind you that the yoga studio two years ago didn't exist, mm. and it was shown to Jackie that this would be a place of healing. In the first. Ceremony. In Jackie's ayahuasca. Jackie's yeah. first
1: ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. yeah. So
0: this this where we sat now yeah, in, yeah. A, in a yoga yeah. business uh, was shown to Jackie two years ago, uh, and, and shown that she would teach. I mean, she went to India yeah. and lived in the Himalayas for a month. Did she? Yeah. So she went. She, she Post ayahuasca. Yeah. Because okay. she was shown the way so all this Mm. where we're sat now comes from Hiawasana so I'm in in the studio upstairs in this dream and it's uh, it's empty mats everywhere it's just empty mats and you've been upstairs it's a a really colourful spiritual vibe Mm. up there and um, I just said what are you showing me and she went I'm showing you where the sacred mat is so that you and Jackie can pay very specific attention to who sits on that mat right so when, when people arrive at class, they go, they go where their instincts take them. Yeah. And sometimes it's where there's a spare mat, because people have arrived before you. Or you can see them, they look around the room and they'll go to the mat that they were on last time. Yeah. We're creatures of habit. Yeah, what's the safest place. Yeah, so yeah. we intentionally sometimes shake them up a bit and say, okay, so stand up, walk around and just find a mat that feels intuitively right. But it can't be the same mat that you went to yeah. last time you were here. So things like that. Uh, But I was shown a very specific mat uh, in a very specific location and she said, you will now, you and Jackie are the only people who will ever know, uh, you will now refer to that as the sacred mat. And what goes on that mat is happening for a reason. So the person who chooses this yoga mat needs to be in that space and we need to pay attention for them. So all I would say to you is that there's been a couple of occasions where people on that mat have ended up having one-to-ones or a little bit of time with either Jackie or myself or both afterwards, because they've needed it, hmm. and it—it's just so
1: obvious that they don't land there by mistake. Is—is is the mat static? In this—the spiritual mat—is it—is it actual? It's a, a location. It's a it's location a...
0: in the room. Yeah. So, so it doesn't matter what mat's on there it's yeah, the location it's in the location room. in the room so if somebody chooses this particular location Jackie and I have to pay attention to it and we have and it, it's proved to be really interesting yeah. really interesting
1: so yeah. what, what came out then this second time what, what, what first of it, before we explain what came out mm. is, you, have you like a one was better than two well, this so time was 10 times different. bigger. Bigger,
0: right. Yeah, it was huge. Huge. Partly because the itinerary she had for me the first time was healing this yeah. rift with the, my the mother. The one major thing. That yeah. got dealt with, right? Um, so it was all consuming. Mm. You know, I was a little bit disappointed in hindsight. There was nothing for me.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Nothing about me and yeah, my life, yeah, but actually yeah. it was all about me. Yeah. Because I had to heal this yeah. thing. Yeah. I had to find some love and compassion again for my mother. But... I went there this time, prepared, as I've said, but intuitively knowing it was going to be much more personal about yeah. my life than yeah. me. Um, so I expected that, hmm. but I still got absolutely bowled sidewards by what happened. Um, shall I tell you about the first night? Yeah. Shall we get yeah, the yeah, big yeah. one give out us of the a, way?
1: Give us, a, <laughs> give us a timeline then. What happened each, oh. each night, what came out and what you've learned from it?
0: So there's four nights. Yep. The first night was all about my dad. Right. No idea why. Uh, well, I do. I know 100 percent why. But uh, it came as a complete surprise. Hmm. So bear in mind, first time was granddad, yeah. mother. Yeah. This time, dad. So I'm. I'm kind of. Yeah. You know,
1: can I? Can I have some stuff yeah, for me, yeah, please? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But she goes in priority. She heals where healing is needed. So did you,
1: had you no idea? i got a clue. That, that 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 what came out with your dad was an issue. Uh.
0: I didn't understand it until it happened. Right. uh, Until this event happened. So, we're in the ceremony, there's 82 people, we're in this beautiful space. I found my bed, which I I secretly always, I always like to see a toilet door. (laughs) So there's 82 people, but there's only six toilets. Somehow we work it out between us. And And you do, honestly. I, I don't know if I told the story last time, but I, I got quite distressed that I really needed to go to the toilet. Yeah. And I could hardly walk. I was so drunk with ayahuasca. So I put my hand up and a shaman came to yeah. get me and the toilets are all occupied. And I'm stood there thinking, oh my God. All in white. All in, I'm dressed in yeah. white. And I just thought, I just, you know you get the sweats. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just said to this guy, it was called Brad. I said, Brad, I... Really, got to go get somebody out of the toilet now. And he went, Just sit here. And he sat me down and he touched my head, my forehead. And I don't know what he did, but I didn't move. I went into a trance for five to ten minutes. And I had no fear, no stress. I was just, I was like hypnotized. Hmm. And then he came to me and he almost woke me up. And he touched my arm and he went, It's ready now. And he helped me up and he led me to a toilet. And you didn't. And I'm sat on the toilet thinking, what the hell just happened? He took all my fear and stress away. He just sat me down on this little chair at the side of the toilet. I thought, God, that was magical. I just, don't, I don't. And you managed to hold it in, you know, you see a hypnotist where they go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like he'd done that. So anyway, so this time, uh, I go in. We're nervous, and I sat with. My eyes on a toilet opposite the bed. Same toilet actually yeah. to two years before. And I'm sat next to this lady from New York who's, she is a full on New Yorker. Yeah. She's called Marie. She is loud, right? And she's full of it. She's uh, she's great energy. You know, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I really liked mm-hmm. her. And I'm sat next to her and we're chatting away. And anyway, the drums start going and the shamans start doing their blessing of the ayahuasca that they've made, and all of a sudden the the atmosphere starts to ramp up mm. and it's it's happening. Right? Like nervous energy. Yeah. So the females get called first to drink the ayahuasca mm. and they all line up and then the men get called and we all line up. So right, like, okay, here we go. Not been here for two years, yeah. so here we go. So I drank this cup of medicine and uh, this was by a shaman who's resident at Rhythmia. Uh, he's, a, he's a beautiful fellow. And uh, his ayahuasca is, for me, quite gentle. Mm. Um, it's not brutal in any way, which is good the first night. Mm. And um, so Taita Juanita, the Colombian shaman yeah. that I've talked about in the yeah. past and you've seen a picture. Yeah, yeah. He comes on night three and four, yeah. that's when he arrives. His stuff is brutal. Is he the top man. He's the boy. Yeah, yeah. He is the yeah. boy. He's the real deal. So Brad, Brad the in-house chairman, uh, gives us this medicine, and I drank it, and I went and sat on my bed, and um, I sat up, and I said good night to Marie, Maria at the side of me, and I laid down, and the challenge is not to be sick for at least forty-five minutes, right. and if you sit up. You know, it's like controlling travel sickness. Yeah. You feel a bit nauseous at some point. You just control it. Because mm. you know that you've got to let it get into your system. Anyway, uh, I'm in. Right? I'm in. Uh, I feel the ayahuasca come. Yeah. So I lie down. I get myself comfortable. I put my arms, open palms, at either side, yeah. just above my shoulder, at the yeah. side of my head. Uh, and I just did what they teach you to do, and I said it. Mother ayahuasca... I'm here, I'm yours, I'm ready, I'm prepared. I surrender like a child. Show me who I've become. Show me who I've become. Take me on a journey, what I need to learn and heal. So I go into this visual, all sorts of shapes. I saw some cushions, I've got some cushions in my office that I bought from Dharamsala, where the the Dalai Lama lives Mm. in India. I went up to the village years ago and um, I bought some cushions, and I saw these cushions. And I went, why are you showing me these? And she went, they need to move. They don't want to be in your office. They need to go in here, and I thought, well, okay. So I just got a weird message about moving yeah. the cushions. And then I started seeing shapes, and these mandalas, these beautiful Indian symmetrical shapes. And, and I just thought, I'm familiar with this. I love all yeah. this shit, yeah. you know, it's just so lovely. And then, um, then it just changed. Then I'm in, I'm in the home where I was born. Is it gone,
1: has it gone dark?
0: No, it's just gone into a movie.
1: Right.
0: Uh, a real movie. Mm. So I'm a I'm a, a little boy. Seven seven ish. Uh, I'm in my home where I was born. Mm. I was born at home. Nine, number nine, Fiddler Close, Garth. So you can see yourself. I'm in the house. Yeah.
1: Also, uh, oh, you you're not seeing. You are that little boy.
0: I am present in the room watching, the, watching little boy. the little boy yeah right so you can see you I can see me Right. and my mum's there and my dad is crawling about on the floor on all mm. fours uh, I need to warn you you're going to have to put your seatbelt on at some point this is right. a bit of a ride right
1: can, can we get another drink then just, to, just Shall before, we do that? yeah is that okay before let's we do, do because, let's yeah. do it yeah <laughs> well we watched, we watched it and we were like oh my god and it, it, you watch it and it does make you want to think that. I want to witness that
0: I want to feel that so yeah go on anyway so 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 I'm watching my dad crawl around on the lounge floor in pain he's on his hands and knees what's he wearing just Um, standing um, club he's wearing a shirt and some um, some like slack trousers uh, barefoot and he's in pain and this wasn't a surprise to me because from from me being very young my dad had stomach ulcers. Yeah. So he he was the breadwinner. My mum was a housewife most of the time. She had a few part-time jobs. But he was the one who went to work early on the morning, came back at quarter past six every night. We all had tea together at 6.30 and you know, we fish and chips on Fridays mm. and it was steak on Tuesdays. So it was that kind of yeah.
1: what are your mum's man? Um no. 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 He was It's
0: quite a It's quite an easygoing guy. He yes. still is, he's eighty-three now. Um but he was a hard-working man. He mm. clearly got some strong values, mm. family values. Mm. His dad died, my granddad, who I've never met, his dad died when he was 14. And he died of stomach ulcers. Right. Uh, back in those days, they couldn't treat yep. them yeah. like they do now. Yeah. They just used to cut lumps mm. out of you. Uh, anyway, it killed him when my granddad was 41. He died of stomach ulcerations. So my dad was the man of the house mm. with his sister mm. and his mum at 14 upwards. So you could tell that my dad was a reserved man, he kept himself to himself. He, he was private, very mm. private, but hard working. Um but he had these subacultures.
1: Had you had you ever seen him in that position, in that much pain as a in, in you know, outside of an ayahuasca experience? Yeah I remember yeah, it. Yeah you'd seen it yeah. I remember it. And this is this is now why I know I was being shown it, because
0: I really needed to fully appreciate the sacrifice that it went through.
1: So was this what you were seeing? A repeat of what had actually happened
0: yeah right. it's a replay right so I watched I think three different occasions three different events of my dad in agony to the point where he would black out and collapse in front of us so if he ate certain foods the ulcers would mm. kick off mm. he'd get on the floor to get himself comfortable and then he you know and she showed me him in tears, she showed me him passing out Um, I've since after talking to my mum a few weeks ago, learnt that once she walked in the room and he was banging his head he was on all fours he was banging his head on the dining room leg, just to make the pain go away, he was literally nutting the leg whilst I was sat on the chair, I was too small for my feet to touch the ground, and she said "Ken." David's having his tea. And and he was just beyond himself. Yeah, in In a different place. Yeah, he was out of his head with pain. So she showed me this, what seemed to go on for certainly over an hour. I was watching this. And eventually I just said, um, "What? this is night one. So I just said, why am I I showing that? You know, I'm aware that he had ulcers for what I thought was most of his adult life. He's got half a stomach as my dad. So it's half of his intestine. And it looks like he's been in a war when he takes his shirt. He's just covered in scars. So the, they've removed... Oh, they've chopped bits out. I'm, it, I'm talking about 10-plus operations. What did Chopping bits of gut and intestine and lumps and bumps. That's all they did. They didn't have the drugs to cure yeah, stomach ulcers. Yeah, they got rid of it, yeah. Yeah, they have this thing called Zantac nowadays. And I had ulcers when I was 32. And I went to hospital with a perforated stomach ulcer. And I just assumed, knowing the history, that it was a hereditary. Was but that was that through coffee though? I yeah. remember you saying yeah. you, you were coffee, coffee addiction. Coffee yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I had a good understanding of what it's like to have an ulcer, and um, I said to Mother Ayahuasca, "Why, why do I need to see it?" And she yeah. and she just said straight away, "You need to understand what is sacrificed for you, you and your brother, because yeah. he always turned up for work." Uh, regardless of the night that he'd had before. Um, And he did his best. He always did his best to provide for the family. You know, there was always food on the table and we had holidays, mostly in the UK. But, you know, life was good as a kid. I remember feeling loved and safe. And eventually, a a bit like two years prior, seeing my mum's story, eventually I just got this overwhelming sense of, empathy Mm. and gratitude towards him and basically fathers in general. You know what, as fathers, the responsibility that some of us, not all of us Mm. get the day Mm. the child is Mm. born. For me, it was, fuck. I was 27 when Louis was born and I will never forget that day. I mean, watching the birth of a human being Mm. is crazy, but the, the emotional difference that like flicking a switch yeah. oh my god yeah. I've now got to grow up yeah. I now really need to behave like an adult because yeah. I've just got that and is that what hit you when on your father? that's phone? what hit me um, and I had this huge appreciation of fatherhood
1: yeah.
0: and particularly an appreciation for my own father and the way that he suffered and I I had an image that he suffered for about 20 years I've spoken to him about it since mm. coming back and it was 17 years. It started when I was 27 and lasted till I was 40-something. Mm. So, you know, my assumptions that it was over a couple of decades mm. were fairly factual. Yeah. Uh, now, once I really felt it, and I felt tearful, I thought, oh, Dad, you poor man. You poor, poor man. Mm. It's ridiculous. Because today, if you'd have just been born in a different time, they'd have just given you some tablets mm. and sorted your diet out mm. and helped you and... You, you know is this but, what's going through your head yeah. while you you know on yeah. your bed yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'm, I'm i'm feeling really sorry for him yeah and really appreciative mm. uh of this poor man mm. and then sh- she just said um, would you like me to check him out for you you know he's 83 he's in he takes six tablets every day for various things and all of which I disagree with. I think he'd be better off without all of them personally, mm. but he, uh, he trusts the doctor, so he takes them. Um, she said, would you like me to check him out? And I went, yeah, absolutely. And uh, all she did, she showed me my dad stood upright mm. and she did a scan from the top of his head right through his face, mm. through his shoulder, through his... So it was like taking a CAT scan.
1: Yeah.
0: And she did it ever so fast. And she stopped under his right rib cage
1: right. and she went hmm
0: have you seen this? I went what is it? and she went have a look and there was this fist size lump and I went is that a tumour? she went not yet but it will be within two years so I said so what is it? she went it's, it's a lump but it'll turn into a tumour so I said is that going to get him? she went yeah in a couple of years so I said so he's 83 so he will be 85 when he dies she went if, if we don't do anything about it yeah, yeah. So I went, I'll take that. It just came out, I just said, I'll take that. And she went, okay. Wait, when when you said I'll take it, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know what I mean. Right. I just said it. Yeah. I, I can't see him
1: suffer. Oh, and you mean you mean you'll I'll take it li- I'll I'll oh, off. Literally. I'll take it. Right. So Right. I thought you mean you'll accept it, but you'll actually you'll you'll take I'll it off. Physically open. take it off. Right. Give it to me. Let me deal with
0: it. If it's gonna kill him in the next two years, let me take it, I just, this is all happening in seconds. Yes, yeah. I just said, he does not deserve that. He's suffered enough. And I realized that's why she showed me all that stuff. I'd spent several hours watching all the suffering so that I could do the biggest thing a son can do for his father, take some of the pain. So I took it. Fuck me. There was no negotiation.
1: Talk us through... <laughs> I took it. Try and explain that. If, if you could see Danny's face right now, <laughs> he's,
0: he's really struggling. Talk, uh, I will, I'll tell you. So I'm lying on the bed, and I went, I'll take it. Bam! As soon as I finished the sentence, I had a tumour inside my stomach. Can you feel it? Uh, I'm aware of it. So I'm lying there, and... The nausea was horrific. I went, mean, oh my God, I feel so ill. Oh, so I got to the end of the bed quickly and I started vomiting immediately. Uh, and I was aware that I was so ill. I was so terribly ill. different to purging this, it's a different feeling? I was purging, but I was, I was a person who was riddled with cancer. Is that, what, is that how it felt? It was what I had. And I went through four hours of the spiritual, emotional, traumatic suffering of a a person with a huge fist-sized tumour in the stomach that was cancerous. And all the time I'm vomiting, I'm going,
1: have I got cancer?
0: And she's just, you ask for it, you're doing this for your dad.
1: Quite matter-of-factly.
0: Yeah, 100%. You ask for it, you're taking it for your dad. And I was so confused. I was so... Are you scared? Uh, exhausted. Uh, I was not scared. I was bemused. I was kind of confused. I, I, what, what's going on? Why am on? I so ill? I was so fucking ill. Iller than I've ever been. And the next day, people said to me who were around me, said, oh my God, it was horrific. You went through hell for four hours. And uh, all I could say is, I know. Oh, just, I was riddled with cancer. So. What, what,
1: (laughs) just, just, just. Describe hell. What, were you throwing up all the time? I was dying. I was dying.
0: I didn't know what was dying. I didn't know, I didn't know if, I was just hallucinating a death. And that physically, because I was so sick, it felt like I was dying. Or they they teach you about a spiritual death. So quite often, if there's a significant trauma, you can go through a death where (laughs) you literally take your last breath and get reborn. And they talk in in length about this. And after a few hours of vomiting and feeling so sick, emotionally distraught I I was getting to the point where I, I didn't know how I could carry on I almost was starting to think about dying I wanted to die